Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's an exciting time of the year for sports. Opening day right around the corner. And then, of course, without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action. And we have the best place for you to go. My bookie, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid, my bookie. With that being said, it's Tuesday, March 10th, 2020, day three of Innings Fest coverage here on the podcast. We're talking to the Struts. Very briefly, before turning things over to Ryan Dempster and off the mound for more exclusive interviews with MLB Hall of Famer Jim Tomei, Luis Gonzalez, Johnny Gomes, Mike Napoli in the house. We're also going to talk about the Yankees for the first time this spring. I mean, what a time to be alive. They're getting injured every time I turn on the freaking television. Aaron Judge, I mean, what gives? Luis Severino, are you kidding me? Giancarlo Stanton, makes sense. Gary Sanchez, uh, the flu today, probably the coronavirus. Can't test for the coronavirus, not yet. Schools are being flunked. Harvard's uh, uh, shutting down until at least spring break. Garrett Cole got bamboozled last week in Lakeland, Florida against the Tigers. But hey, it doesn't count. Just don't bring that shed to Baltimore on March 26th. Hey there, Garrett. First interview, though, I wanted to talk about today was the one with the Struts. For those of you who don't know the Struts, uh, they're a British rock band. You probably hear most of their songs in MLB The Show or MLB 2K back when that was a thing in the Wayback Machine, um, you know, such as You Could Have Been Me or It Could Have Been Me uh, on their Everybody Wants album. So, yeah, they've, uh, they've opened for Guns N' Roses, Foo Fighters, Green Day, and that's actually the question I asked them at the festival. Which band do you enjoy opening up for the most? My question to you guys, out of all the bands that you guys have opened for, which one's been your favorite? Foo Fighters, Guns N' Roses, you guys collaborated with Green Day? Uh, Foo Fighters. Because we got to do it like 20 times. Do you have any interesting Dave Grohl stories? Daily. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's just like the nicest guy. He's a fucking sweetheart. Believe the hype with that man. He's the nicest man rocking on. <laughs> Aw, Dave Grohl. Well, we talked to Jim Tomei a little bit, too, about his uh, fondness of Chris Stapleton. We'll get to that uh, a bit later, though. But first, let's get rocking and rolling here on The O Show. Luis Gonzalez sat down with Ryan Dempster on Off the Mound to talk about the entire sequence, the entire sequence, leading up to his walk-off single off Mariano Rivera in Game 7 of the 2001 World Series, where the Arizona Diamondbacks conquered the three-time defending champion, New York Yankees, episode 168, presented by Belly Up Sports. Be sure to follow Belly Up Sports on the Twitter at Belly Up Sports, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this show using Podchaser and Podbean. Pretty please, cherry on top, extra sprinkles. Spring training, of course, in full effect out in Arizona and Florida. Best place to grab your ticks is over at TickPick.com. Use the promo code OSHOW10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order at TickPick.com. And it's always a great time to get off the couch and exercise. Unless you have coronavirus, then get the fuck away. Head on over to MechaNutritionStore.com, though, for all the latest protein supplements. And uh, if you use the promo code OSHOW20, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-20, you'll get $20 off your next order. 168 coming in hot. 
You got that, right? You know what that's from? Is that from uh, karaoke? It, yes. In Japan? Yes. <laughs> 2 30 in the morning, Osaka. Oh, it was 12 in the afternoon. Yeah, well, in, yeah, in California. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're walking down the street. Uh, my friend who's out here, Adam. I, I saw him earlier. And we bump into Luis Gonzalez, and he says, hey, let's go karaoke. The little karaoke bar. And he absolutely slayed La Bamba. And next thing you know, it was like he was like Michael Jackson in Japan. In a, in a Japanese bar. That was awesome. Yeah. I don't think they understood a word we no. said, but they were... They loved it. I felt like a rock star. It was so good, so we had to bring you on. That's cool. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, it's great to see you. It's yeah. good. Everything's good. Life's good. Living the dream. Nice. Still working for the D-backs. I am in the front office with the uh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, you guys got a good team this year. We do. Uh, you know, picked up Bumgarner. We got yep. Starling Marte from the Pirates. And yeah, we, we feel like we're in contention this year. I feel like when I look at your team and people don't really realize that it's like you have these under the radar moves and they're not the big three hundred million dollar signing, but getting a guy like Madison Bumgarner, not just on his fifth on his fifth day or his day. But the other four days and what that means to a rotation. Yeah, we do. We got some quality guys. We're hoping a guy like Madison can help a guy like Robbie Ray, who was going to be our ace, and now he's the number two guy. But uh, yeah, a guy like that with that demeanor and attitude that he has, uh, he doesn't like the Dodgers, and that's good for us. So uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully it'll fare out well for us. In the or the Giants. Or the Giants. Yeah, yeah, he's, too. Yeah. He's got a lot to prove. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, so, also, you have a son playing minor league baseball now? I do, my in son. Big yeah, he, well, he's he's in minor leagues with the San Francisco Giants. We don't talk when the season starts. Okay, yeah, but he's <laughs> in the same division. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's in the grind right now, working his way up. Hopefully this year he'll play in San Jose and uh, in high A ball and work his way through. Nice. A lot of people here, I know there's Arizona Diamondback fans here. And um, I, I asked, yes, yes, yeah. D-back fans, give it up, yes. Before we, get, I want to thank you for having me on my own field. I can't even get on my own field. <laughs> I had to come on this show to get on this field, so thank you. We, we were going to get to that, but it was a gift to us to get you finally on your own field. Thank so. you, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yes. Um, if anybody doesn't see that, I don't know the 2020 and the three. This is Luis Gonzalez Field that we're actually having this show right here. It's really incredible. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I, I talked to uh, a Ben Zobrist about this in the past, um, about the 2016 at bat he had in the World Series. Is there any chance you can take everybody here on a little trip down memory lane about what you were thinking, pitch to pitch and everything, in 2001 off Mariano Rivera with the bases loaded, and you hit, you lived every boy's little dream, and girls too, but you you, you, had, you lived the dream out of the walk-off base hit for Game 7 of the World Series. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a truly storybook season for me from start to finish. In April, I tied the home run record for home runs in a month with 13. And then as the year kept going on, I made the all-star team, was selected a starter, went to the home run derby, won the home run derby. And then we get to the World Series and... Uh, you know, we felt like we outplayed the Yankees every game. We lost a couple heartbreakers in New York City with the uh, the walk-off home runs with Jeter and then Tino Martinez hit one. And and then we come back home for game six. We dominated that game. And then to get to game seven, in the eighth inning, I batted off of Mariano. He punched three guys out in that inning. And then as the ninth inning started coming around, we were down a run. Uh, we tied it up. And then as a player, 
you know, most players, you start looking at the lineup, you know, up on the scoreboard and you start trying to figure out in your head because guys try to figure out scenarios where they might get that opportunity to come up and you don't want to not prepare for something, you know, like Jimbo was saying, you want to be ready to go when you get there. And then I was starting to count, okay, if two guys get on here and another guy, and I may hit with bases loaded here, I may hit with second and third, maybe one or two outs. And, and lo and behold, you know, I found myself on deck with Craig Council up at the plate with second and third. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I was on deck. I was thinking, man, where do I want to go to be on the cover of that Wheaties box when Council gets that game on the hit? And uh, he got hit by the pitch. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, everybody's on their feet, you know, basically. How do you control your emotions in that, in that moment like that? I didn't at the time. I was like, <laughs> oh, shoot, man, here I am. Uh, you know, don't screw this up. Everybody's counting on you. But, uh, you know, as you walk into the plate, there's so many, well, first of all, Tori went out and talked to the infield and, and to Mariano, they decided to bring the infield in. And uh, in my mind, I was just thinking, man, I played this scenario out in, you know, little league and T-ball or stick ball, whatever, wiffle ball, and this is it. I mean, this is the one shot you got. Either you do it or you don't. And then first time all year I choked up. I didn't choke up all season, and I was just, I just wanted to get some. In my dream, I hit a home run, or with my buddies in the backyard as a little kid, a home run. And in reality, I'll take the, the blooper. And for you little kids that weren't around, it was a screaming line drive in the left center field <laughs> gap. So I always tell that when I go to the schools, they're like, this guy got the game-winning hit. And I tell them, yeah, it was a line drive out there. And the teachers are rolling their eyes like, yeah, we were there and we saw it. It's about where you hit it, not That's how right. you hit it. Yeah, it right. worked. And it was an incredible moment. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all sports fans. And, you yeah. know, we, we have teammates and guys that you admire, you played against. and. You want something good to happen to them. And I've always been a guy that, you know, you sit on the couch and you're watching golf or football, basketball, and you go, man, I wonder what that feels like to have that ultimate moment. And I, I did. I had that moment. And I was, you didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to react when it happened. And you don't, you don't practice it. You do when you're a little kid in the backyard. But when you're, you know, 27, 28 years old, you don't go out in the front yard and your neighbors think you're nuts jumping up and down. You know, what the hell is that guy doing out in his front yard? But uh, yeah, it was a really cool moment. And then that moment led to you putting roots down here in Arizona. We talked about it backstage, like how everybody treats you here, and, and, and they should. You you provided a moment to last a lifetime for so many people, and how grateful you are that how the fans treat you here. Yeah, I've been blessed. I mean, to be here in Arizona, the, the fans here are fantastic. And, you know, I always tell, like, my kids, you know, I have triplets now. They're 21 years old. I have two daughters and a son. and. Um, the biggest thing for me, and I always try to tell my teammates, is you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. And we were blessed. Like Jim said, you know, we were given a platform to be able to play a game, but so many other great players are going to come and play this game. It's the impact that we have that we can make in the community. Um, you know, all the records and everything's going to be broken, and there's going to be better players, bigger and stronger, and things like that. But the thing that I want to be remembered most for is what I do off the field, and which is help people out and, and be a part of the community. Just be a normal guy when you're out there. And I think that's what's fared well for myself and my family here in the state of Arizona. Nice. Yeah. And I gotta say, other than when we competed against each other, when you treated me like you were the older brother and I was like five years <laughs> younger, when you're 450 average and sprayed balls all over the field. Other than that- I get lucky sometimes. <laughs> you get lucky a lot off me. <laughs>
but I, you you were so great to me as a young player across the field, and you don't see that all the time. And I always appreciated that. I think the world of you, and we thank you so much for joining us here at Off the Mound tonight. And being Thanks, here. brother. Yeah. Sure. Thank you so much, everybody. Arizona Diamondbacks legend Luis Gonzalez. Thanks again to Ryan Dempster for the Off the Mound interviews. Again, I think you can check these out on YouTube. These are from uh, Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster at the 2020 Innings Festival at Tempe Beach Park. Uh, that was Luis Gonzalez. We'll have Jim Tome up next. Got a chance to talk to him a little bit about Chris Stapleton. But first, I want to talk about the uh, now coronavirus intact New York Yankees, apparently. So Giancarlo standing out with a grade one calf strain. He'll probably never play again. Aaron Judge has been dealing with broken ribs for about nine months. Who would have thought? Luis Severino done for the year. TJ surgery uh, and fears about the coronavirus, of course, reached new heights today. Harvard being shut down. All schools around uh, the nation really um, thinking about closing down. The New York Yankees are uh, dealing with a coronavirus-esque concern now. Gary Sanchez was diagnosed Tuesday with the flu. The news out of Yankees camp was bad, both from a public health standpoint and an opening day is in two weeks kind of standpoint. So Gary Sanchez has tested positive for the flu, adding again to an already long list of Yankees that are sidelined this spring uh, with injury. And Aaron Boone announced that Sanchez, who, who he'd been sick for a few days, he said he'd continue to be away from the team then to answer the question of possibly uh, that's on the tip of your tongue here. No, he has not yet been tested for coronavirus. And Brian Hoke, MLB.com writer, reported that Gary Sanchez's flu test came back positive. So he's going to stay away from camp for a few more days. And Aaron Boone said that Sanchez did not test for coronavirus. So the news comes on the heels of MLB announcing Monday that it was limiting clubhouse access to players and essential staff via the media uh, to limit the spread of the coronavirus, which included a temporary ban on reporters. So as of right now, the league is still hoping to open the season as scheduled on March 26th with fans in the stands. But, you know, that could change, of course, in the next two weeks. The Yankees, meanwhile, have already lost Luis Severino, again, Tommy John surgery, James Paxton to a back injury. Uh, he's probably going to be back in May. And they're looking at an opening day without both Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. And the flu shouldn't linger Gary Sanchez long enough to affect his opening day status. But given everything that's gone wrong for the Yankees since camps opened up, getting even uh, a little bit associated with the coronavirus is a scare and is just another spring speed bump they'd prefer didn't happen. I mean, not to mention that they, they were running tests on Aaron Judge the past couple of days, and then the team was alerted that Judge uh, complained of pain underneath his right pectoral muscle, and they recommended Judge rest the next two weeks. Uh, but there's no guarantee that it's going to solve this broken rib issue. I mean, if Judge doesn't experience improvement over the next few weeks, uh, the team could consider surgery to correct this issue, which would take him out for at least a few months. I mean, the team believes that Aaron Judge's injury 
uh, happened back in September, and I think it was September 18th against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. He dived for a pop-up that was hit by Albert Pujols, and then that's what Brian Hoke, again, of MLB.com, was reporting. He only played 102 games last season. He, he was limited uh, uh, to in-game appearances in 2018 as well. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, apparently Stanton's going to run on the field within the next couple of days. That's what Lindsey Adler of The Athletic reported. Uh, he's working his way back again from a grade one calf strain that he suffered a few weeks ago in February. Unlikely that he makes it back before opening day, but he's been trending in the right direction, you could say. He's been able to run on a treadmill, hit off a tee in recent days, but you really never know with Giancarlo Stanton. Hasn't been healthy since his first year in 2018 with the Yankees. He's only played in 12 games last year. Uh, Luis Severino done for the year. I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, the outfield right now is looking like it's going to be Clint Frazier, Brett Gardner, and Mike Talkman. Possibly even Miguel Andahor out in left field. I mean, the guy barely knew how to play third base. He barely knows how to play left field. I'm a little concerned, but they are playing the Orioles in a four-game set to be in the season out in Camden Yards, so you got to like your chances there. Okay, with that being said, New York Yankees injury update. Again, once the season starts, we'll have series recaps and all the latest trends and news regarding the New York Yankees. Right now, we'll talk to a New York Yankee killer. He's an MLB Hall of Famer. His name's Jim Tomei. He talked to Ryan Dempster on Off the Mound. He talked to me a little bit about Chris Stapleton because I asked him who was his favorite person out of all the lineups. He's been there all three years, 2018, 2019, 2020. Jim Tomei, what was your best experience at the Innings Festival when it came to the lineup? I'm curious. What's uh, been your favorite lineup so far these first Innings Festival? <laughs> oh, they're all. Every year it's so cool, yeah. I like Stapleton. Oh, really? Stapleton, Country when guy? he was here, yeah, I loved him. I loved so, him. So, <laughs> good to meet you, yeah. Yep. Jim Tomei, Brian Dempster, off the mound right now after this quick word from Mecca Nutrition. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? Then do I have a solution for you. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecca Nutrition? Mecca Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you, the customer, with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661 695 9061. Again, that's 661 695 9061. I've been using Mecca Nutrition products for over a year and a half now, and for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs, as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's general manager at Neil or Neil at MeccaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecca Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. And you're ready to hit. I just love that you show up. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You always were ready to hit. Always. Yeah. (laughs) 
Were you ever not ready to hit? Did you ever, like, I don't mean that in the sense, I know you're always ready to hit, but do you ever just get up there and just be like, okay, I gotta clean up, I'm not ready right yet? Never. Absolutely not. Yeah. On the heater, 24-7. Stay on the heater. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes the heater got by you, though. Yeah, you still look like you can hit jacks all over the place. Look at you. It's spring training. You know, you gotta get ready to go. Best shape of your life. Best shape of your life, yeah. Until you play two games, yeah. and then you're like, ah, yeah. I'm okay. I need a day off. I need a day off, yeah, spa day. Yeah, well, my calves hurt, and I always said that we would train all the time, and then the two days of wearing your cleats, your calves are sore. Yeah, a lot of other things got sore, too. So. <laughs> life of a Hall of Famer, man. Now time's gone on a little bit. What's that like? Is that is it any different? It's very humbling. It's it's great. It's, you know, you get a lot of kids that, you know, in the airport going back and forth from Chicago to the network yep. in Newark. Uh, you'll get little kids that'll come up. And it's just, I got to tell you, it's. It's it's a cool thing. It's a really wonderful thing. It's a it's a thing. I don't think you play the game to ever imagine being a Hall of Famer. And when you get that call, it's just so special. We talked about this. Um, you're a guy that extreme preparation, yep. like playing. It was preparation, preparation. Because ultimately, if you're prepared, you don't feel pressure, and you and success comes. Right? You prepared like nobody I'd ever heard before for a Hall of Fame speech. Can you tell everybody out here a little bit of that story? So, so, cool. so a couple things. Obviously, when you when you go to Cooperstown, they kind of lay everything out. They tell you how that special day is going to be, and then they're like, okay, you know, you can either kind of start right now on your speech or wait about a month and a half. So having a wife that's an author, I'm like, okay, this is, I'm a little bit ahead of the, ahead of the game. And then just getting, writing things down over the next month. But as, so as the summer went by, uh, I actually called the Hall of Fame two weeks, about two and a half weeks out before the induction. And I said, hey, I'd love to come in and just kind of practice and go over my speech. So they took me out to the, to the field in, in Cooperstown and I got to deliver my speech in front of four of the big, of the head executives at Cooperstown. And I'll be honest, right, that just was, the four of them? it was just the four of them sitting out front. So I gave my speech and I have to tell you, it really felt like going into that Sunday. Now the emotion and looking out at 75,000 people is you can't duplicate, you can't, you can't emulate that. Yeah, no but it, it really, it really was so special. And, and just, just, being in the backyard somebody I, I can't remember who told me but they said deliver your speech outside because that's where you're gonna do it at Cooperstown but it's it's like anything if you prepare when that moment comes it's kind of all laid out for you yeah. and what and then of course when it came to the actual moment you knocked it out of the park well again I had some I had some great help and in the Hall of Fame themselves they sat down with you they kind of pinpointed okay, this is what, you know, I would say here. It was really great. And then you started hiring out your wife as a consultant. And, and, and my wife, obviously, that was yeah. a no-brainer. Yes, absolutely. And you do an incredible job as an analyst on the uh, MLB Network. So insightful, so truthful. Um, do you, I know how much you love it. What, what, what kind of gives you that joy of talking about the game? To, to me, the biggest, the greatest thrill of going to the network is that I feel like a teammate. When you retire, 
We all love the Sunday night dinners, the early in the clubhouse, the getting there, talking to the boys, seeing all the boys out here, Louie and, and Johnny and, and Nap. You know, it's nice to, it, you really miss that camaraderie. And I think that's what it gives us, you know. And one thing I've learned at the network, they hire really good people. They hire guys that care about the game, but were great teammates during their career. And and I got it. The other thing is, I think we we use this. We use our platform to help teach the youth about the game. Whether it's and I learned, I learned from the pitching you when I hear you and Smoltzy talking out about pitching and I think it's reversed with hitting. We're all there to guide and help our youth become better and ultimately that's you know and it's great. We get to talk baseball. Yes. And I listen to you talk hitting and I'm like, man, if I could just go back and play again after all that, I might have been able to get a few more people out. Um it was uh it, yeah, thank you. You've got a lot of people out. Um you work for the White Sox. You're a special yep. assistant to the White Sox. White Sox got a good team. Man. We're ready but to the go. The band's Southside, so they, like, no, they we're, Pat's really excited. Yes. Yeah. We're ready He's been to enduring go. five years of me on the North Side. We come to the games, and the White Sox are good. No, we're 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 hopefully in the beginning phases where the Cubs were in '16. I've said this. We live in a great city. We've got great baseball. You know, anytime I think the White Sox and the Cubs are good, it's great for baseball, but it's Absolutely. great for our city. And hopefully, you know, as we've gone through this process, we've we've taken this slow and, and I really credit our owner and our, our president and, and, and Rick Hahn. They've done a they've done a great job at the trades we've made, but also our draft has been great. And that that probably for me is one of the biggest thrills to go out and watch a young high school kid or a college kid and be able to bring that that knowledge and input back and then they sign with us and then everything begins. Nice. Um, you look back at your career, the game of baseball, what has it meant to all you, the relationship that you build and all those things, what has baseball meant to Jim Tomey? Well, it's meant, I mean, it's meant so much. It's given me so much. It's given me a beautiful family. It's given me great friends. It's, I think, at the end of the day, you know, when you leave the game, if you can pick somebody, picks the phone up and call someone and you meet for lunch and you have that bond, you know, seeing the boys tonight, it's like it never ends. You know, you can be away for 10, 15, two years and the minute you run into somebody that ultimately you competed against or cared about, it's like it's we have this great bond and brotherhood fraternity that's really hard to explain. Uh, man, it's awesome. So um, we did this last year. Yes. And I, and I love it. The I funnest part. Yeah, it's so good, man. <laughs> Just make sure, hey, if you guys need to move back a little bit, I'll try. I'm not a big launch angle guy, but I think I will be tonight. <laughs> last year when we did this, they said, hey, Jim, we're going to hit home runs. We're going to try and hit some home runs. Well, you're going to try to I'm out of this. <laughs> and I said, we're going to try to hit some home runs. And he said, wood bat or, or metal bat? I said, wood bat. He goes, no problem. <laughs> that's a Hall of Famer right though. So we're going to do a little home run derby for charity. And what we're going to do is, last year we did this at $250 a home run. I donated to yep. White Sox Charities. And we're going to up it this year. I'm going to say $500 for every ball you can hit over that fence. 
We're gonna give you ten yeah. swings. We're gonna try and hit some home runs. You wanna Let's do that do again? It. All right, you guys ready for this? Yeah. Hey, you guys back there. You guys better have heads up. All right. Here we go. Yeah, and then they went on to hit foam baseballs into the crowd for about 20 minutes. It was actually quite riveting, quite uh, scary. I was in the front row. He was in a Mapo, Apo Taco. Yeah. So that was Jim Tomei. The final two interviews that we got from uh, Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster, the final two interviews before we move on to some actual interviews of my own, we got Johnny Gomes and Mike Napoli, both a part of that 2013 Boston Red Sox team for the bearded freaks, as they call them. Ryan Dempster was on that team. A lot of good laughs in this interview. Again, Johnny Gomes and Mike Napoli here after this quick word from TickPick. as to where you're 
where you're situated. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Toronto was down at the bottom, always in Baltimore and everything. <laughs> um, sorry for any Blue Jay fans, but that was just reality. They're used to it. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> when you said something really funny, the ground screw guy, what did you tell him? Yeah. Well, yeah. The ground screw guy's gonna have to get used to us at the top. Just paint it. Yeah. Paint it. Paint yeah. Because because there was that you know just like the numbers, you pop them in, you pop them out, you pop them in, move third place. Just go ahead and paint Red Sox. Yeah. We're staying there. We're gonna stay there. And, I, and, I, and like the reason I'm talking about this so much is we went through something as a team that very few teams go through. Um, and it was really, really remarkable. We were given the honor, I believe, to bring a city back from some really crazy stuff that happened with the Boston bombing. And you guys both collectively led that charge. Johnny, you really, really led that charge in a big way. Um, take us back to like, the day after they yeah, caught the yeah, gentleman in the in the boat in our locker room with the head of every military organization you could ever imagine. Yeah, I mean that, yeah. that that was heavy. It was heavy hearts. It was actually like looking at it now, like you look at like American history, right? Like 200 years from now, they're gonna be talking about this, you know. So we we're literally a part of American history, um, and it's so good to be a part of American history when you're in first place. Right, yeah. or first, last place, and I tell you what, I remember. So people want to talk about when David Ortiz gave his speech and all this stuff. And what did he say? Yeah, this is our <laughs> city. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is our city. Um, but man, what what led up to that? But people forget, like the um, the hockey team was in the Stanley Cup, you know, and the hockey yeah. team was there, and they went all the way to Game Seven, and they were gonna win. They're gonna win. And it was this fairy tale story and all this stuff, and they lost. And it was like, I remember. So people want to talk about when David did the thing, but like a week later, they lost. And we came to the clubhouse like, oof, it's on us. It's on us now. You know? Um, gosh. And then people forget like the first month of the season, David Ortiz was hurt. People don't remember that. And my big guy right here just drove the bus. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. drove the bus. No one remembered David Ortiz was hurt the first month of the season because old Mike Napoli was driving balls and hitting them over the fence and hitting them off windows at the Sky Dome all the way. You know, people were making love up in section oh or Suite One Twelve. Yeah, yeah, we're like interrupting the action. Yeah, we were getting fines for what he was breaking for his home run balls. We just covered John. Manager John would cover it, right? And, you know. What What did you learn from that year, Mike? That um, as far as winning and what it takes to win a championship that maybe you didn't necessarily know before that? Well, I mean, uh, the group that we had, the, the veteran group that we had was uh, unbelievable. And uh, for us to come together, and, and we didn't care about money, we didn't care about anything else but winning. So, yeah. It was such a fun group to come to the field every day and, and oh, yeah. participate in whatever was going to go on. Um, one of my favorite skits of all time, coming in you know we had a team meeting when we won 10 in a row we didn't have a team meeting when we were losing and uh, <laughs> our favorite catcher came into it into this, this I use it was Jack Hammer Jack the Hammer came in and uh, jockstrap and uh, catcher gear <laughs> gave us a nice rally speech while we just finished a 10 game winning streak so uh, we had a players only meeting normally when you're going bad right you have a players only meeting like the team's not doing well 
player, you see this all the time in the press. They had a players only World meeting. Series. We had a players only meeting when we just swept the Blue Jays and went to Tampa. And then John Farrell, our manager, said, "What's the players meeting about?" And I told them playoff shares. Playoff shares. May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Playoff. I remember reading it like we were joking around. We we're gonna have a players only meeting because we're going really good. <laughs> Most of the time you'll see when it's going bad. They had a playoff. You know, they had players only meeting this and that. We had a playoff or a player only meeting because we were so awesome. <laughs> we just want to continue to be awesome. And I remember we had it at about four o'clock and we were watching the ticker on MLB Network. Red Sox are having player only meeting at four. Oh my gosh, what's wrong? And then the coaches were just asked, too awesome. Yeah, the coaches <laughs> asked, what was the players only meeting about? And we were like, that's funny. It's not a players and coaches meeting, it's just a players only meeting. So yeah. if we wanted you to know, we would have invited yeah. you. We were actually just planning the duck boat parade in July. Right? We had Which route it was going to go, yeah. what color Jake was going to buy, yep. all those kind of things. So um, you guys were both like extremely positive forces as far as not just all of that, but just on a day in, day out basis. Um, what's your belief on just that mentality? like? The, the positive thinking, because you can will yourself in a way to good things happening. I mean, I think that there's there's so much negative in our game. Um, so, what do you mean be, by that? Like, I mean, three out of you know three out of ten you're hitting three hundred, but you're going to the Hall of Fame, going to the Hall of Fame, failing seventy percent of the time. Yeah. But uh, so, what happens is that you know we're gonna you know get together and, and have a good time and, and just uh, I don't know, it's just you know get together and, and, and do good. Yeah. My man over here was ready to be like in the Buffalo Bills, right? Like he was with the Texas Rangers. He went all the way. I mean, this guy basically had his name plastered on the side of a Corvette for, you know, World Series MVP. And then <laughs> just took it over from a fly ball over Nelson Cruz's head. And coming into camp, I, I couldn't imagine a dude more hungry to get back there and a dude more hungry to win it. I mean, the guy yeah. was all the way down at the end, and it was so fast for the loss, right? And then I knew my man was gonna be hungry. I knew my man was gonna take charge. And... <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good time. And then you did it again, Johnny. You went to Kansas City and made sure that happened again. Yeah, we went to Kansas City, so I did it on the East Coast, and I wanted to make sure I did it in the Midwest. You know, just for all my barbecue folks in the Central. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, man, what a great team there. And it was so cool to see the difference of, you know, World Series teams. Everyone wants to say, like, what's in, what, you know, who, what team is better or what is in common and all that stuff. And it's funny looking back on it, I say, World Series team, championship teams are all different. They're all different. Last place teams are all the same. <laughs> They're all the same. You can't compare KC to Boston. They're so different, man. These guys went hit, 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 hit. Over here, we're walk, walk, home. We're walk, walk, home. These guys, you look back at game five in the uh, DS against Houston when Correa went ee <laughs> A bunch of runs scored after that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, first place teams, they're all different. They're built different ways. They score different ways. They pitch different ways. Last place teams, all the same. Suck, 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 suck. <laughs> hey, I don't even know the answer to this. And I was your teammate the whole entire year because I never asked because I just sat back in pure enjoyment. How did the beer tug thing start and, and go to fruition? Because it was, 
It was magical because you guys were hitting taters all over the place. There was yeah. a beer tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we had beards growing, and uh, a couple guys were growing them longer. And how's it look? How's it look? I'm like, it's, oh, it's getting there. It's getting there. And I go, you don't know you have a beard until you're at dinner with someone, and they go, hey man, right here. <laughs> hey man, you got some food on your right here. Until you get food stuck in your beard and you don't know it's there, you don't have a beard. <laughs> I remember dudes coming to me the next day, they're like, dude, someone was like this, wiping, like you got food on your beard. And I was like, yeah, food on my beard. I didn't even know. <laughs> now this guy's got a small hamster zoo in his beard. He doesn't know it. Look at that. Got like a whole family inside there. I feel like, he's like yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I remember you guys always like yelling at our trainers because they wouldn't grow beards and they grew beards. They just got a, it just went on and on and on and on and then next you, you know, grew a beard? I did, oh yeah. You had a beard? And weeds too. I had way yes. more hair there. <laughs> Mostly on the back. Kind of looked like Hulk Hogan. Just a lot of bald up hair but just underneath there. It was so funny. It was, it's, you know, people, like, it was a blur. Yeah. But if you want to tell every story, yeah. I'm going to need a week. Of course. Yeah, I'm gonna need 100%. a week. It was a blur, but man, there's so much in the middle. If of you, if you now, if you could take everything you've learned over your career and just go like boom, 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 what's the message that you want to give to the young kids of today's game and what they want to do? I'll start with you, Mike. Let's start with you. Really, uh, I mean, straightforward. I mean, put your work in. Uh, take it seriously. Um, love your teammates. You know, give back to people that have given to you and uh, you know work really hard Johnny yeah I'd say tell the kids say thank you to who got you to the ballpark right say thank you because your parents your buddy your buddy's mom you say thank you to them and what you put in is what you'll get out 100% what you put in is what you'll get out yeah. right? you go there and you just hop skipping and jump and practice is boring yeah. So what you put in is what you're good at. Well, I'm going to say this. The Boston Red Sox had an incredible team in 2013. I was on that team. And we had guys like Dustin Pedroia and David Ortiz, who had 600 in the World Series. We had John Lester and John Lackey, and we loved them both. But we don't win a World Series without both of you guys, and that's a fact. And if anybody does want to dispute that, I'll sit up here all night. But I can't sit up here all night because we've got a couple more concerts. But... Thank you guys both very much for coming up here tonight and joining us, man. My bearded brothers right here. Yeah. Round of applause for Mike Napoli and Johnny Gomes.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.